0: hasn't it been great going through these um, these chapters of John just a rich mind every week we've been pulling something else out from um, Jesus last discourse I've only been given a couple of verses not that slide Dennis if you go to the blank slide yeah thanks um, I've only been given two verses the verses uh, 15 verses 26 and 27 to do with the Holy Spirit's testimony so, when you look at, uh, you get a couple of verses like that, and that's your brief, um, what do you think about? The main thing is to think about what the context is of those verses. Um, I had a hard apprenticeship in a place where verses were taken out of context, put together to create a teaching. And so, we never want to do that with the Bible. If you're a new Christian, it's really important to get the context. Someone's showing you a verse or you're reading a verse, you want to know the meaning. What's the context of these verses? If you're a new Christian, I'd advise you to get this book, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth, by Gordon Fee, where he talks about how to interpret God's Word. If you've been around for a while like I have, you've imbibed that kind of context. So I know when I get to that book of John, I know where, it's, where the development is in terms of God's plan of redemption uh, from Abraham, the man of faith through Israel and into Jesus. I know this is just before he died. I know he's saying those things. And then I also know... And would look at the book of John. What, what does John want to get across? And you'll know that at the last part of John, he doesn't leave us guessing. He says uh, in that place, I don't know if that's feeding back. Uh, he says in one place, you know, if I, if I wrote everything that I know, there wouldn't be enough scrolls in the earth to contain them. But I've written these things. Do you remember what he says? So that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing in him, you might have life in his name so that's the context of this book of John so let's look at those verses that I've been given John chapter 15 I'd like you to open your Bibles and have a look and you'll notice I don't know if it was clear through the Bible reading but the immediate context of those words is Jesus talking about tribulation and persecution He speaks of them in the latter part of 15, He speaks of them again in 16 and this little bit about the Helper is right in the middle about the Holy Spirit. These are the words, when the Helper comes, Jesus said, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, He will testify about me. And you will testify also because you have been with me from the beginning. So the immediate context is very important. He's writing about the persecution and tribulation that they were to expect. John makes it even easier for us. Have a look at what it says beginning in chapter 16. He tells us why these words have been written and included. He said, These things I have spoken to you so that you may be kept from stumbling. Verse 4, These things I have spoken to you so that when their hour comes you may remember what I told you of them. So John makes it very clear, we may be kept from stumbling and these disciples would know exactly what's happening. They would be brought to mind the things that Jesus had said to them. It would sustain them. It would sustain them in really difficult times. And more importantly for us, it will sustain us because these words weren't just written for those first disciples. And you'll remember in Acts 2, Uh, Peter says these promises aren't just for you but they're for your children and to all those who God may call from afar off so how is he described how is he described my bible says helper what does your verse what does your bible translation say any other any other options there sorry advocate what else we got counsellor comforter Lots of words, aren't there? I looked up a number of different versions. So the uh, options in different versions are helper, comforter, counsellor, companion, friend, advocate, paraclete, that's a really good one. That's the kind of translation you get where we go, we have no idea how we should translate this, let's just anglicize it and let people work it out. But it, it comes from this word paracletos, paracletos in fact, from parabaside and Calain, to call alongside. So the word is used, uh, I mean why helper, counsellor, all of those things, is because when when we speak about going from one language to another, and anyone who knows a couple of languages will know this, linguists talk about a word having a certain semantic domain, so it's a certain area in which that word covers, and it's very difficult to find another receptor language, the next language, that covers that exact base, to find a word that covers everything that one does. So you'll find that, you know, a word might take 90% of the meaning of that original word or 75%. There's another word that puts another shade of meaning. And so uh, in the Amplified Bible, um, they have it always. Next slide, Dennis, I think. When the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counsellor, strengthener, standby comes. uh, The spirit of truth, he will testify and bear witness about me the reason is because there's a bit of legal language about that it is that idea of an advocate or a counselor which kind of implies in English that there's it's like a legal thing but in Roman times it wasn't someone who necessarily had to be legally trained who would come by your side and help you it could be a friend it could be a helper it could be someone who's really got an interest in you, not someone who's just paid to do a job, but someone who really cares about you. And the word comforter is not our English word comforter, which is, you know, there, there, everything will be fine. The original, uh, wor- the original meaning of the word comforter, and it comes from the old English versions, is to impart strength into someone that stands by you to kind of give you a bit of steel to go through whatever it is. So you get the impression here, you know, whichever way you look at those words, or if you look at them in an amalgam, it's a very positive word, isn't it? Jesus said, I'm going to send you this person who's going to be someone who will stand by you, who will be your advocate, who will be your helper. So when they're in the greatest need, Jesus says, this person, this helper would come. Have a look back one chapter, John chapter 14, where he talks about the coming of the helper in in my version. John chapter 14 and verse 16. Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Another one, another helper. And you'll know if you've been around for quite a while, someone would have made the um, declaration that in Greek there's two words for another. One is another that's different from you that's the word heteros that's where we get heterosexual from someone different to us a different sex to us and then there's another word alos which means another of the same kind so jesus is saying i'm sending you another one like me you can imagine how in trial that would be a comfort to those disciples they may not have thought about it then but certainly when the trials came and the holy spirit brought to remembrance these things ah yes we're not left on our own that's just as true for you as it was for them whatever trial whatever tribulation you are going through you are not alone because you have another like jesus standing by you at your side to um to assist and care for you you might also know if you've been a christian for a while you'll be familiar with this verse in first john i'm writing these things so you may not sin but if anyone sins we have an advocate Paracletos jesus christ the righteous so this word is actually used of jesus christ himself you can see the close association between the holy spirit and between christ both performing the same kind of activities jesus on earth with them being with them caring for them taking them through difficulties and then leaving the holy spirit behind we sing about that don't we in one of those songs leaving your holy spirit until your work on earth is done that's the work of the holy spirit that's the beauty of the holy spirit in a kind of um, microcosm I was thinking it's very much like uh, when you read about the disciples on the road to Emmaus you know that story a couple of disciples walking back from Jerusalem it's been three days since Jesus died uh, and somebody comes up beside them and they say hey what's happening and the two disciples go well haven't you heard haven't you heard what's been going on there was this guy he was a prophet we thought he was the hope of Israel we thought this was Really going to take off? if It's been three days there's an empty tomb. We don't know. And then um, it was revealed that this person walking alongside them is Jesus. And then later on, as they recount the conversation, the effect of him being with them, as he opens the scriptures to them and shows them that these things that were that had happened to them were ap- absolutely predicted. It absolutely had to happen. And Jesus, no doubt, talked about uh, you know the Holy Spirit that was go- going to come and he was going to return again and all of that stuff. A total change. See, early on, their hearts were yearning. When they talk about it later, they say, When our hearts burning. That's the difference that a helper makes. That's the difference that a, the Parakletos makes. That's the difference the Holy Spirit can make. When we're going through really difficult times, when the Holy Spirit witnesses and testifies to us. But what's the context, as I said, is persecution. Often, we can have, you can have a million ideas. What does it mean that the Holy Spirit testifies? and you also must testify well as i said the context is to do with persecution that's what jesus is talking about if you look at the parallel um, sections uh, in the gospels this is very clear says when they hand you over don't worry about how or what you are to say for it will be given you in that hour what you are to say for it's not you who speak but it's the spirit of the father who speaks in you similarly mark when they arrest you and hand you over "'Don't worry beforehand about what you're to say, "'but say whatever is given you in that hour, "'for it is not you who speak, but it's the Holy Spirit. "'When they bring you before synagogues "'and rulers and authorities, "'don't worry about how or what you're to speak "'in your defence or what you're to say, "'for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour "'what you ought to say.'" This Holy Spirit would witness to Christ in the most difficult of situations. We also, they also would have to witness they would have to open up their mouths but they weren't to worry about what those words were because the power was not in the words the power was in the person beside them the holy spirit who would speak and glorify Christ when you think about uh, those things Jesus said that the holy spirit would bring things back to mind that's what the bible is that's what John is bringing these things back to mind that the disciples had no idea about. The Holy Spirit was evident. Think of the story of Stephen. Think of that witness that he gave as he was uh, ready to be stoned. You know, you you read through that recently, paragraph after paragraph as he relates God's actions with Israel. And the Holy Spirit, he could see the Holy Spirit standing there, could see Christ. And the Holy Spirit gave him that strength and power to witness to Christ, uh, even as he was martyred. Peter and John, They were just amazed. You know, amazed because these were uneducated people, and yet they were speaking with such authority. Well, the authority didn't vest in them, the authority was vested in them by the Holy Spirit. Testimony is really, really important, and the order is correct. Jesus says, The Holy Spirit will testify, the Holy Spirit will bear witness. You also must bear witness. I found those words very, very comforting. You know, when you're a young Christian and you're thinking of trying to persuade someone toward Christianity, a a lot of it can be about technique. How will I do this? How will I answer that objection? What do I need to do? The fact is the Holy Spirit is the one that witnesses. We can open our mouth. Um, They may not even remember what we said, but the witness of the Holy Spirit is unmistakable. I've told this uh, experience before, but some people are new here today, but I can give you an example of that. When I was, as I said, in a pseudo-Christian cult and I'm knocking on people's doors and I met a guy who was a Christian, a guy named Bill Dixon, lived in Toruna, ordinary type of fellow, worked at the Hydro, just an ordinary guy. And we got into a discussion on the Bible and we, you know, he tried to convince me of his ideas and I tried to convince him of my ideas. We spent quite a long time doing that. But there was a point where he put the Bible aside and he said these words, let me tell you what a difference jesus has made in my life let me tell you what jesus means to me and as he unfolded that story it it wasn't the words anymore in fact when i went away from that door i couldn't remember what he'd actually said i went back 20 years later as a christian to ask him what did you tell me on that day i had no idea what he said but it was so powerful and the spirit the spirit of god was so powerful that that was a catalytic moment uh, in my faith journey that's the testimony of the holy spirit it's not about us it's not about our words and sometimes you know we in just in the western world we like to systemize things and we like to talk about uh, you know evangelism and you know the guy from Saddleback says that's the one thing that believers and non-believers agree on they both hate evangelism evangelism is it's difficult and it's hard, and if you put it in that box, it's like I'm not an evangelist. Evangelism is very difficult. Or you talk about apologetics; that sounds very highfalutin. Apologetics. Jesus makes it so much simpler and so far away from that. To say it's all about testimony. It's all about the testimony of the Holy Spirit. And think about the Holy Spirit. Think about His, uh, you know, a, a testimony and bearing witness. Um, there's no value in that if you haven't been around the Holy Spirit has been with Christ from the beginning in perfect union with him so when he testifies and the Bible says that what he testifies he is the spirit of truth it is absolute truth about what he has experienced and knows about Jesus Christ how powerful is that now if you've met an older Christian who has been walking with Christ for quite a while they they bear their testimony Something very powerful in that, something very encouraging. But what about the Holy Spirit? Knows the deepest things of God and will share those. And so the Holy Spirit, it's what we've got to think about when we testify, when we're going to talk to someone about Jesus. Don't think so much about our words. Think about the one who is standing beside us, that delights in giving witness to Jesus. And will do a thorough job. We can be sure of that. We sing a song. In fact, we're going to sing it after this. Uh, I stand to testify that I was dead in my sins and now I rise. All of us, all of us in Christ have a testimony. It doesn't have to be something out of this world. It's a testimony of the, the difference that Jesus has made to our life. And I encourage you to share that testimony with others. What, what a difference. Why is Jesus so important to me? And again, let the Holy Spirit do his work. John, in 1 John 1, he says something pretty similar about the disciples' own journey. He says, what we've, uh, what, what we've touched and what we've felt and what we've seen, these are the things that we tell you about. This isn't third-hand, this isn't theory, this is what we have experienced in walking with Christ. So, that's the primary meaning. The, the uh, I love this quote from the New International Dictionary of New Testament Theology, it says, "To be touched by the testimony of Jesus Christ, places no back. <laughs> Dennis. Can you go back? Uh, places one in the service of witness. It obliges one to pass it on and reveals that there's an inherent power in the witness, by means of which God does not and just think about this bit by means of which God does not merely give men intellectual knowledge, but sets them in motion. I love that set of words. sets them in motion. That's what the testimony of the Holy Spirit will do. It will, it will change. It will certainly divide whether you accept or reject. But if you accept that, it's going to set you in motion. It's going to change your life um, just, as it, and just as it changed mine. So that's the primary meaning. I, when I look through this material on you know, the Holy Spirit, we could spend a week on the activity of the Holy Spirit and you you think where do I draw the line where do I draw the line on talking about the Holy Spirit well my brief is the testimony of the Holy Spirit and particularly in this context so that's kind of the primary meaning there are a couple other places in God's word in scripture where it talks about the testimony of the Holy Spirit one of them is in Hebrews is that the first one next slide Dennis no Um, let's see if I'm in the right place oh yes all right okay so the the holy spirit testifies with conviction the bible says and we read that he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment how does he do that well it's again fairly simple because the holy spirit testifies to the truth now if you're standing in the presence of the holy spirit and he expounds to you who jesus is and the righteousness of christ it will immediately, in his presence like Isaiah, go, what a sinful man am I? It will expose ourselves. And so there's the opportunity therefore, for conviction and the need of Jesus Christ. Righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. His righteousness, such a beautiful thing and an offer of this righteousness to us. That we can take his righteousness in exchange for our sinfulness through faith. And then clearly, when the Holy Spirit testifies to who Jesus is, then there's going to be judgment. Because the great sin is not, there's no list of a great number of sins, uh, you know, in descending order. But the sin is that you did not believe in the one who was sent, Jesus Christ. That's it. Do you believe in the one who was sent? If you do, through faith, you can gain righteousness. If not, judgment is what you would be, uh, what you would be looking to. Again, that song says, this is my revelation, Christ Jesus crucified, salvation through repentance at the cross on which he's died. This is my revelation. All of us need to get a revelation of that. You and I need to have a revelation of that. And maybe it's not a one-time revelation, but every day we need to wake up and have revealed to us, yes, Christ died for me. What what difference does that make? Does that set me in motion today to live a different life to the life I I, I normally would have? So he testifies with conviction. Next one, Dennis. He testifies through his word. You can very, get very lazy looking at slides, can't you? It's so easy because the verses are there. So open our Bibles and look at those two verses. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 15. Hebrews ten fifteen. the... Bible writer says and the Holy Spirit testifies to us for after saying this is the covenant I will make with them after those days says the Lord I will put my laws upon their heart and on their mind I will write them he then says and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more that's a quote from Jeremiah ascribed to the Holy Spirit because this entire book is a witness this is the way the Holy Spirit witnesses to us through his word through the book of jeremiah through that that um early i guess foregleam of the fact that there's going to be a new covenant in the midst of a world where they're dealing with a law covenant's quite onerous the holy spirit says look the time is coming and i'm going to write the law upon your heart not on tablets of stone this is ascribed to the holy spirit the holy spirit speaks through his word if you're a new christian or an older christian recognize that the testimony of the holy spirit is available to you day or night in his word and there'll be strength in that and will the holy spirit will be beside you in that as again he reveals to you who jesus is and put strength into you for whatever difficult situation you might be going through it's further than that in first corinthians chapter two just flip over there the holy spirit is r- uh, related to the illumination of his word this is just not This is not an ordinary book. The Bible is not an ordinary book that you can just pick up and anyone can pick up. It's a book that is Holy Spirit inspired and Holy Spirit accessed. In verse, well, starting from verse 9, we often quote this verse Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. We don't often read the next verse for to us God revealed these things God revealed them through his spirit for the spirit searches all things even the depths of God for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him even so the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God now we have received not the spirit of the world but the Spirit who is from God so that we may know the things freely given to us by God which things we also speak Not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. The contrast, a natural man doesn't accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. The witness of the Holy Spirit will give you God's Word and will illuminate them for you, will take them to your heart. Only in that way does it separate Uh, you know the thoughts and intentions of the heart that the holy spirit will open up his word to you Uh, and we need to listen to his word as he testifies thirdly he testifies in assurance it's quite um interesting isn't it that he testifies in conviction of our sin and then there's only two ways to go do we accept jesus and who he is and go on to walk in the spirit and then he promises assurance of our faith in that assurance of our being in him on the other side is judgment romans uh, chapter 8 paul says the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of god and children heirs also heirs of god and fellow heirs with christ if indeed we suffer with him so we may be glorified with him interesting how we get that suffering mentioned again It's, it's it's almost any place we turn we get those glorious promises and also the glorious promise of suffering but it says that the spirit testifies with our spirit I I probably read this uh, incorrectly for many many years it doesn't testify to our spirit but with our spirit and what Paul is saying is there is when we say Abba Father when we physically voice that relationship that we have for Christ that's our testimony and the Holy Spirit joins in with that testimony two testimonies to the fact that we're assured as sons of God he sealed us and gave us the spirit in our hearts as a pledge says paul because you are sons god has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying abba father john says the one who believes in the son of god has the testimony in himself and he says we know we abide in him and he in us because he's given us his spirit a lot of people a lot of christians suffer with this question of assurance know that if you've received the spirit of god if you've received the spirit that spirit is a pledge of something that God is going to fulfill. God, in terms of God's part, he will take you to where you need to go. Assurance is an important part of our Christian faith and an important part of going through trial, isn't it? To know that this trial is not coming upon us because we've done something wrong, because there's something wrong in us, but rather to think about God perfecting us and this is a sign of his love as he takes us and assures us that we're sons, that he doesn't intend to divorce us, that he doesn't intend to make us orphans. The Holy Spirit will testify uh, in in, uh, assurance. So what do we we take from this? Next slide, I think, Dennis. I think these are the things that that I gain from sort of thinking over these things. The Holy Spirit promises to be close to us, in us and with us we we need to think about him now i grew up in a religion where the holy spirit was thought to be a force like electricity like god did this thing through the holy spirit but no the holy spirit is a person like jesus bible says he testifies he can be blasphemed he calls people he witnesses a whole load of things but he's close to us remember those words helper advocate friend counselor these are the things that the holy spirit can be with us We are strengthened through the Holy Spirit to not only endure circumstances, but to conquer those circumstances, to follow Jesus, to bring glory to Jesus in the midst of trial through the work of the Holy Spirit. The helper is ever truthful. He's a constant witness to others and ourselves in bringing conviction and assurance. Know that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. You can absolutely rely on what you read in God's word here. You can absolutely rely on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's testimony will be true. The Word of God is the Spirit's testimony and through reading scripture, we can think God's thoughts after him as the Spirit enlightens him. I always find that a mind-boggling thought, that we can think the thoughts of God after he's thought them because he's revealed them through his Spirit and through his Word. We can know what he's thinking, the deep things of God. Paul says very rightly, you can't know another person that well. Can you? Even your partner. You can't know the depths of what they're feeling and thinking. Only the spirit of a person knows that. But the Holy Spirit knows the deep things of God and he, he is willing to reveal them to us. I mean, what an amazing, an amazing thing. And we should be ready to do our bit, to, add, to do the also bit, to add our testimony to the Holy Spirit, joining with him in glorifying the Christ. Are we intent on doing that this week sharing our testimony not trusting in ourselves but trusting that the Holy Spirit is looking for people looking for people to love Christ just as he does and opportunities will be available to us we just need to grasp them we're going to sing um, that song I mentioned, I Will Rise. It's a song about baptism. It's a song that really is the, the culmination, I guess, of someone coming to Christ, knowing him, and then committing themselves fully and, and saying, I want the world to know this. And the words, are, the words are quite powerful. Think about this. As you sing this song, think about these things. Oh, got the words up there. I didn't expect that. This is my revelation, Christ Jesus crucified. Have you had that revelation? A young person or a new person or someone who's been for a long time. Have you had that revelation that Jesus Christ was crucified for you and that there is salvation through repentance? Think about the forgiveness of sin which is offered us through Christ. Think about the fact that we stand as a new creation through the work of the Holy Spirit, baptised in blood and fire, that we have no fear of condemnation. And then the song says, uh, Your word, it stands eternal. Your kingdom knows no end. Your praise goes on forever and on and on again. That's the work of the Holy Spirit as he consistently testifies to the power of Jesus Christ. And then there's a bit where we get to say, I stand to testify because I was dead in my sin and now I rise. Let's testify as we sing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me pray and then the musos can come up and do their thing. Father, we are so thankful for your word. Just a couple of verses are so powerful. What an amazing promise you gave that the paracletos, the helper, the counselor, the Holy Spirit would be with us. And many in this room have experienced that. It's a beautiful thing to think that this helper has come from the side of the Father to our side directly. And he will correct us and he will counsel us. He will work with us. He will honour Christ in all situations. He will change our lives for the better and he will reorient us. We thank you that we're set on a in motion, that we're set in motion as Christians, that we're not living little enclave lives, but you have a much bigger thing for us to witness to the Lord Jesus Christ, to our friends and our neighbours, uh, and to, in fact, anyone we meet, that all of those people mean something to you. We thank you that it is the spirit of truth and we can rely upon his witness We thank you for the revelation we have of that in our own life. We think about our own conversion and what an amazing work of the Spirit is and this pledge that is given within us that we'll be with you forever. I pray for those now who are, whether they're in this room or on the live stream, who are going through a really difficult time uh, and like the disciples, um, just in disarray, emotionally distraught, I pray for the peace that your Holy Spirit will bring. I pray that the helper will be evident today in whatever that situation is. I pray that metaphorically um, we would feel that arm around us from the Holy Spirit as he comforts us, imparts strength into us and reminds us of great promises of God for our future. So all blessing and honour and praise in the name of Jesus. Amen.